Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. We're beginning a series today on the book of Jonah. My name is J.J. Routley, and I serve as a faculty member at Emmaus Bible College. The book of Jonah has been important to me uh, throughout my lifetime for a number of reasons, and I'm hoping over the next uh, several sessions to communicate that with you. Jonah has been a wonderful book that's been so encouraging for many because of uh, many different messages that it conveys, and it has sort of this lasting significance and importance. It's been recognized uh, not only by the Christian world, the religious world, but outside within the secular community as well as being this sort of uh, monumental book that's uh, full of incredible and almost uh, mythological uh, narratives. So I'm really excited to begin this session. We're going to be looking for the next uh, couple of immediate sessions on an introduction to the book of Jonah. And it's like beginning an adventure together as we look at uh, the life of the prophet, where he was from, some of the background uh, throughout the historical world at that time, maybe some of the archaeological significance uh, surrounding Nineveh and the Assyrian Empire. So there's a lot to get into uh, with this great adventure. It takes us from the comfortable hills of Samaria during the time of the northern kingdom of Israel, across the billows of the Mediterranean Sea, even down into the depths of the sea, perhaps in the minds of the ancients, as far as you could possibly go, uh, into uh, the bottom of the underworld, and then back up again across the desert, uh, throughout the uh, northern part of the Fertile Crescent into the heart of the Assyrian Empire, which was the major empire of the world uh, at this time, and to perhaps the largest city in the world at this time, the ancient city of, of Nineveh. The book of Jonah is uh, very beloved because of its immensity. It has uh, this giant fish that swallows up Jonah, uh, almost an impossible thing to uh, have occurred. And some people take this very allegorically, symbolically. Uh, it has Jonah running away from God, which was unheard of uh, in the nation of Israel. Nobody does that. Nobody did that at the time. It uh, speaks about the city of Nineveh in massive proportions. It's this city that takes three days to, to get through, and it's a city of such great wickedness that its wickedness comes up before God and uh, uh, cuts to the heart of God. So it's got all of these uh, immense symbols within it that have uh, just really grasped the heart of a lot of individuals. So what I'd like to do for the next couple of moments is take some time to talk about Jonah's place in uh, the chronology of ancient Israel and its place in the canon of Scripture, and then look at several of the themes, major themes, in the book of Jonah. So first of all, Jonah, as far as the chronology of ancient Israel, I've already talked a little bit about uh, the northern kingdom of Israel. You might recall uh, during the time of David and Solomon, the kingdom of Israel was united in the land of Israel. It was uh, one 
full, complete nation. But after the time of Solomon, his son Rehoboam uh, acted wickedly, didn't follow after the Lord. And so the kingdom split into a northern area and a southern area. The book of Jonah uh, takes place I would say immediately within a northern kingdom context. And I'll make an argument for that as we go through uh, our series together. So chronologically, it can most likely be placed within the reign of Jeroboam II based on a passage out of uh, 2 Kings uh, chapter 14 that we'll take a look at next time. Uh, this would be sometime during the years between 780 roughly to 750 BC. And we'll look at this historical context uh, coming up in just a little bit. So this takes place during the reign of Jeroboam II, during the kingdom of Israel, the northern kingdom before their uh, destruction. And Jonah, uh, in the canon of scripture, occurs within uh, the minor prophets. So the minor prophets are a collection of prophets that are speaking primarily about the uh, social injustice and the sin, the wickedness of the people of uh, Israel and then later on Judah as well. Uh, what was happening is even though the people were uh, outwardly uh, allegiant to the Lord, inwardly or maybe secretively, uh, they were not following after him. So the people of Israel were worshiping the Lord in uh, word, but not in deed. They were allegiant to the Lord in what they were saying, what they were speaking, but not in the way that they were living. And primarily this comes out in the Minor Prophets uh, in terms of the social injustice and their condemnation of the wicked deeds of the people. The book of Jonah is really uh, set within this setting of the Minor Prophets as well. Uh, and throughout the book of Jonah, we're going to see it's not only Nineveh that uh, is wicked in this situation. The book really cuts to the heart of the nation of Israel and some of their presuppositions and some of the things that are going on in their minds. Jonah acts very hypocritically uh, throughout the text, and we'll see this unfold uh, from the very first chapter. God tells him, speaks to him, and says, uh, go to the people of the city of Nineveh. Their wickedness has come up before me, and Jonah flees in the opposite direction. So uh, even though he does not want to go to the people of Nineveh, he actually makes the same mistake in following the disobedience of the people of Nineveh and that he disobeys the Lord and follows his own uh, selfish paths. Now, I want to take a few moments to talk about several of the major themes in the book of Jonah. Jonah, as I've already said, is this larger-than-life book and it's wonderful in that some of these themes are larger-than-life themes as well. The first theme that comes out over and over again throughout the book is the theme of sin and its consequences. We have from the very first chapter Jonah's disobedience uh, to the Lord. The Lord asks him to go to Nineveh. He runs in the opposite direction. Uh, Jonah's disobedience uh, betrays an attitude of heart that we really see come out later on in the book in chapters uh, three and then primarily in chapter four. 
It's not only the sin of Jonah that we're concerned with throughout the book, however. When Jonah gets onto the ship, the sailors that are in the ship are idolatrous pagans who are worshiping all different kinds of gods. We see this during the storm uh, taking place. The sailors say, uh, they cry out, each one to their own God. They say to Jonah, wake up. Uh, you idiot, cry out to your own God, and maybe he'll, he'll have mercy on us uh, because of you. And by the end of the storm narrative in chapter 1, the sailors really have changed their minds uh, because of Jonah's being tossed into the ocean. Uh, they look at that, they see the calming of the wind and the waves, and they understand uh, I think a little bit more about the God that Jonah worshipped and fled from. And this causes them at the end of chapter 1 to greatly fear the Lord. We also have the wickedness of the people of Nineveh that's talked about in the first few verses of the first chapter. And then we see this unfold more in chapter 3 as we go through. So Nineveh's wickedness is on a uh, almost national level. It's a city-wide level. The sin of the entire city uh, is uh, coming up before God, and they are collectively held accountable for this sin. I think the theme here that comes out is that sin has consequences. It's taken very seriously by God. It's not simply swept under the rug, and that's a good warning for us to remember today in the situations that we're in. God does not simply look over or pass over sin uh, without some kind of a substitute or something else taking place. Uh, sin has consequences, and God, because of his holiness and his righteousness, is bound to act uh, on that sin. The second theme that comes out very clearly is the theme of God's sovereignty. We see this in several different ways throughout the book. God is sovereign over nature. This comes out over and over again. In the first chapter, it is God who sends the storm. The Hebrew is very clear. It's actually God hurls a storm or tosses a storm the same way that we would toss a football or a baseball. He tosses the storm after Jonah to pursue him. He appoints the fish. God uh, raises up a fish, a giant whale, at the end of the first chapter to swallow up Jonah and uh, protect him, but also to serve as, as the venue of his judgment uh, for disobeying God. In chapter 4, at the end of uh, Nineveh's repentance, we see God appointing a plant to grow up. Each of these things shows us God's control over nature. God appoints a worm to chew and destroy the plant, and then God appoints a scorching uh, wind to come and the sun to beat down on Jonah's head. All of these things show God's sovereignty over nature. God's also sovereign over Nations and cities collectively, we see uh, the entire city of Nineveh repenting. And we'll have the argument as we go throughout that this was truly God's intention all along for the city of Nineveh. He saw their wickedness, their wickedness came up before him, but because of his love and mercy and graciousness, he desired that the people of Nineveh would repent of that sin. And so to some degree, God sought to push the direction of Nineveh's history in that trajectory. He wanted them to repent. 
And so we see God's sovereign plan, uh, even overworking in the uh, area of nations, cities, entire groups of people. And if that's true, then it has to be true as well that God is sovereign over individuals. Think about Jonah himself. Jonah did not want to do what God told him to do. He ran as hard as he could in the opposite direction to get on a ship to sail to Tarshish, uh, which we will see is probably the furthest point to the west that was known at this time in the world. So Jonah had determined he would under no circumstances go to the city of Nineveh. But God, in his sovereignty, guides, lovingly guides and directs Jonah so that eventually what happens? He does go to the city of Nineveh. He does do what the Lord wanted him to do. The Lord's sovereignty is absolute. The Lord is over all and over everything, even over the hearts of and lives of individuals, which is demonstrated here in this book. The third major theme that I'd like to talk about is God's mercy and God's love. And this is perhaps the key point of the book, that this mercy and love is demonstrated to all. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger, and he is one who relents of calamity that he has determined to bring upon people. We'll look at that from chapter 4 and verse 2 a little later on. God demonstrated this mercy and love first to the sailors who were on the ship. Uh, they were caught in this storm because of Jonah, but God did not allow them to be overtaken. They took Jonah and threw him into the sea, and because of this, they were allowed to uh, continue on, to live, uh, because Jonah was sacrificed on their behalf. Uh, God's mercy and love is demonstrated to Jonah over and over again. God could have very easily said, all right, you're done with me, I'm done with you. No more, and not pursue Jonah, but God went after him. He hurled the storm after him. He hurled the fish after him as the fish was uh, swallowing him up in the water to preserve him. And then God continued to go with him as he went to Nineveh. God's mercy and love are maybe most powerfully uh, shown to the city of Nineveh. Finally, the fourth major theme is the mission of Israel. Israel was to be a blessing to all the nations, a light to the Gentiles. So these four themes are very prominent in the book of Jonah. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu slash partner.